You're listening to Season 12, Episode 184, recorded on September 28, 2021, live from Austin, Texas, with hosts Becky Jo Neal and Kim Stacy. Our musical guest is Emily Shirley. But first, our show is possible thanks to our patrons and sponsors. Join our community to get exclusive access to content, merch, your own spotlight, and more for as little as $1 a month. Your support helps us continue to showcase local artists. Sign up at CIMP.live. That's CIMP.live. Thank you for supporting local live music. And remember, to give the podcast a five-star rating, every rating helps these artists get discovered by new fans. And now, brought to you by Music First Hand and their live music booking app, here's comedians interviewing musicians. We are joined by the lovely and talented Emily Shirley, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us, Emily. We really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, Emily, tell the podcast listeners like where you're at right now. You're in this really cool little studio space with lots of fun art. Um, I am in Dripping Springs, Texas. I'm actually like right on the line between Austin and Dripping Springs. Um, this is my office where, I, where, all, where the magic happens. All there we go. Mm-hmm. MTV Cribs 2021. That oh. is right. right. What if they were still making that travesty of a show? What if? I, I, I would watch it. it. I used to watch it. I would watch it still probably. Oh, yeah. I remember one time, I think it was, um, they went to the Bloodhound Gang's house. And it was this like really trashy split level ranch in the middle of nowhere, somewhere in the Midwest, like upper Midwest. And I remember thinking like, these men are on MTV and they're still all sharing a house with like that putt putt golf green fake grass carpeting in the basement. I'm like, damn, apparently music music industry is not worth what I thought it was. Mercy, please. Mercy's it, I don't know if the podcast listeners, my dog is screaming in agreement. Can we not? She also okay. saw that episode. Yeah, she was like, my carpet was a travesty. Um, thanks so much to our uh, Douglas Hodges just commented three service dog emojis. So I don't know what that means, but I'm here for it. Um, thank you, Douglas Hodges. I, I didn't know there was a service dog emoji until right now. I feel that's the emoji. Okay, we're, we, we always pick um, an emoji for our guests to uh, select for their Venmo tipping. Um, if you have a good t- time tonight and you want to tip Miss Emily Shirley, you can go to emily-shirley-5, that's S-H-I-R-L-E-Y on Venmo, or eshirley at Gmail, uh, and that's on PayPal. Uh, if you want to tip Emily, be sure to use the music firsthand fist bump and the service dog emoji, <laughs> or it's just too good. I didn't know. Look at his little harness. He's so sweet. He's ready to help save some people. Um, yes, yeah, so use the service dog emoji or the snail or the dinosaur. Either one works. If you don't have the service dog emoji, update your phone. That's too cute. Um, we, we'd like to thank our patrons and sponsors, uh, without which we, we could not do the show. Also, to anyone tuning in tonight on Facebook Live, we appreciate you joining us. Please consider liking and subscribing to our show. Uh, we have hundreds of awesome episodes filled with undoubtedly a musician that you know and love. So check our stuff out and go to CIMP.live to support us on Patreon. Um, Oh, I thought it was another service dog emoji thing. Nope. It's just Chris commenting on the live feed. Uh, Yeah. Support Emily Shirley on Venmo and on PayPal. The 
uh, usernames are pinned in the comments. So head on down there. Emily, what? I know you wrote a song about essential workers and nurses during the quarantine, but what else did you get into? Like, tell us a little bit about uh, your isolation and the last year and some change with you and your family. Um, well, uh, it wasn't so isolating because there's four of us here. <laughs> but, uh, two, two guinea pigs, a dog, three cats. There, there was a hamster. So, um, there was a hamster. There always was a hamster. Chris, they don't live that long. Don't be insensitive. You know, he actually had a pretty good life. He, he made it to almost three years, which is pretty for a hamster. Um, and I was, I was probably, I like had to go in the bathroom and like sob by myself. I, it took me by surprise how sad I was about the hamster. My daughter had like a tear and she was like, okay. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> I need a minute. You're out of monsters. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we, there was a lot of us here in the small space for a lot of the pandemic. Um, and so basically I think of it, uh, the, the real isolation time was when the kids were, it was either summer or they were doing online school. That's when it was like white knuckle through, through it. Um, now they're in school um, and they have been all year and the end of last year. So that's when things kind of opened up for my mental health. Yeah, and like talk us through um, writing the song you wrote uh, for the nurses. Like it's such a beautiful song. I loved um, all the stuff you put out, like the video. It was just super sweet. Like talk us through why you wrote that song, how uh, it came together, how long it took you to get it done. Like tell us a little bit about it. So it's all because of my friend Carolyn Phillips, who um, sings in the duo Hardened and Tempered. Have you had them yet? Yeah. You fully know Carolyn and Kristen and how awesome they are. And, and Carolyn has songs for the soul. So, um, which is a nonprofit organization, um, which uses music, um, as a way for nurses to process their grief and the stress that comes with their job. Um, oncology nurses is the main focus. Um, but during the pandemic, Carolyn sort of expanded her focus and start and to look at these pandemic nurses because certainly they're dealing with major emotional weight. Right. Um, and so she created these things called solograms and you could one could go purchase a solagram for a nurse that you know, and you would be given a songwriter and the songwriter would write a song of gratitude and support to, to be sent directly to the nurse or recording. So uh, somebody purchased one um, that I got to write and it went to an emergency room nurse in New Orleans. Um, and a nice thing about it is that I also am able to release that on my own um, in addition to sending it to her. So that's what, that's how the song came about. That's so beautiful. And honestly, it, the things that we all had to do to stay connected over the last couple of years, in, in, no one could possibly put into words what that means, but I'm sure that your efforts and your art like really do touch people on a daily basis. But thank you for extending your art to somebody who might've needed a little, you know, 
musical pick me up at that moment. So yeah, I mean, it was it was an honor to be a part of it. Um, I have to turn around and direct that gratitude to Carolyn because it's really her program. Um, but I'm always I've done stuff for songs for the soul too. It's just um, it's always an honor to be a part of it. And um, now I think teachers probably need a song, but no right. Um, yeah, I haven't written that one yet. Soon. We'll get back to the drawing board. Soon, yes. Carolyn will find another uh, profit, nonprofit to put it up. We'll be fine. I know. Um, I hear her ears are ringing right now. She's like, teachers, genius. Back to the drawing board. Um, Murph, do you want to help introduce the... Okay. Um, Mercy came back because she knows it's time for a song. Um, so we are going to also, Earl Manning is here. Hi, Earl. We love you. Hi, honey. Um, hello. Uh, we are going to hear the first song from Emily Shirley. If you're having a good time, go to Venmo, use the music firsthand fist bump and the service dog emoji. Apparently it's hot and new on the, on the service, uh, on the uh, emoji clipboard. So get to it. This is the first song from Emily Shirley. Enjoy y'all. All right. Thank you. This is a song that doesn't really have anything to do with what we were just talking about. Um, it's a song about a night at the casino. It's called 52 Pickup. Ah, 
welcome back to Comedians New Musicians. That was the lovely Emily Shirley. Um, if you're just joining us, this is episode 184. I know numbers. Uh, and my name is Becky Jo Neal. We're joined by oh, Heather Miller says three claps on Facebook. Hi, Heather. Hi, Heather. Um, we appreciate all y'all tuning in and watching the show. If you have any questions, shoot them down in the comments. I will ask Miss Emily. It's easy as that. Um, Earl, we've been through. We've already see Chris is on here. Earl says aloha. We already said hi to Chris. Jeez. Sheesh. Earl is very important. Um, we have a couple of questions here. This is usually where we let Kim go rogue and do whatever the hell she wants. Um, we tell her it's without consequences. She just hasn't heard from the lawyers. So that's on her. Um, but we are going to, she sent us some voice recordings of her questions. So Chris is going to play them for the audience. We can't hear them. So Emily, I'm going to play them on our mic. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're just going to go ahead and play it. Through my, all right, cool. 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 So uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first question from the lovely Kim Stacy. Let me turn it up. So we know she's got some good volume here. Uh, this question is just titled this uh, audio file is just called Dolores. So we'll see here. Okay. 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 This might be a first for us, and I'm so excited. You have a song called Dolores that was, uh, what are the words that I'm looking for, that uh, was inspired by the documentary Making a Murderer of uh, the Killer's Mom. Um, I, Becky Joe and I, are huge freaking fans of true crime. This is true. Would you ever consider putting out a full, I don't know, EP maybe? Let's start, start baby. Like I say, it's not hard to make an EP. But uh, would you ever put out a series of songs that are based on true crime documentaries? Because I would buy that before you even say yes. Yeah. She's turning into the Patreon six months in advance. Yes. So if I'm already guaranteed a sale, then yes. Oh, sorry. If I'm already, is that better? If I'm already uh, guaranteed a sale, then yes. Yeah. But um, the thing about, the thing about writing about true crime and, and stories that have already happened is that it's actually easier for me because lyrics are hard for me. I'm not like an avid journal, uh, journaler um, or a person who writes as like catharsis on a regular basis. Writing words is hard and coming up with story ideas is hard. So if that's already there and I can pull details from a story that already exists, then that's that's actually great for me. And then the making the the melody and the music that's that's the fun part so I, I love that idea it makes me think of um have you guys heard ingrid michelson's record based on stranger things yes so yeah it makes me think of that she did that whole record based on that one show and i and i love that that whole album so yes the answer is yes i would do that Fun fact, Kim and I have both shot with the photographer who is married to the guy who does the music for Stranger Things. <laughs> He's a trip. He's a trip. Uh, ooh, what a brilliant person. Uh, okay. okay this 
I said, okay, as Kimberly was saying, okay, on this scratch. So this is the next one. This one is called 70s feels. Okay, this question is a little out there, but when are my questions not a little out there? So you have these amazing pictures of you sitting in this yellow chair in this, I want to say robe. I don't know, but it's uh, like flowers and stunning, very 70s print. And you are looking stunning uh, with your hair and makeup done. And it's giving me like the 70s, like kind of feminist mom. If you could go, (laughs) so uh, if you could go back in time and uh, take your music into a different decade, what decade would you take your music to? So especially with these songs that you've uh, recently put out and you sang those with having these uh, um, intense relationship songs and everything uh, and being so powerful as a a freaking female musician and mother, uh, yeah, what decade (laughs) would you go and play your music? I don't don't know. Becky Jo, assistance? (laughs) I feel like I said it. I don't know. Help! I'm poor. Uh, I don't know, Becky Joe. Do you have anything to add? Oh, I think she said it all. Uh, no, I no, yeah, I guess I don't. You know what she's saying? Like, what era would you go back because that era needed you? Mm-hmm. I think is what she means. Wow, that's a lot to. I know, right? The responsibility is all you, Emily. <laughs> I know. Is there an era that needs me and my music? I don't know. Is there an era that doesn't need? Um, Good feminist lyrics, no? Well, I mean, maybe, I mean, I guess the 50s come to mind straight away um, before, you know, when women are a little more buttoned up um, in in all respects. Um, oh, yeah. What classic movie would you do the soundtrack for? That's oh, for I'm sure. bad at movies. I'm bad at movies. I'm bad at Oh, uh, I could do that soundtrack. Um, can people hear you, Chris? Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> um, an old movie that I could do the soundtrack to. Oh, I don't know. Um, oh, I'm, what's an old movie? The Birds? <laughs> Ooh, actually, that's not a bad one. That's genius. Uh, that that would be a different that would be a different take on that whole soundtrack, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I think that's genius. Honestly, I think that would be even creepier to have like have I, some sort of indie pop score to a like a visually jarring cinema would be that would be cool. Yeah, that would that would be cool. Thank you. I like the birds. Um, Okay, so we're going back to the 50s and we're remaking the birds. That's what's happening. Um, Let's do this one called uh, Halloween. We'll do this one. Your family is adorable and it kind of makes me sick, but like in the best of ways, you know, like when you eat a lot of chocolate and you're like, oh, I feel really sick now, but you just ate some of the most delicious thing in the world. So it's kind of like that. I love that your eldest loves to dance. I am a self-proclaimed dancer as well. But what I really want to know is 
What is happening for Halloween? Because one year someone dressed as a unicorn and it was f fantastic. And one year you dress as a banana and then there was a, a sumo wrestler. There's a lot going on. Please give us a teaser. Okay. Wow, you guys do your research. Yeah, Kim, uh, Kim's a creep. Kim's a creep. Yeah, I mean, no, it's it's out there. That's I love it. So um, I'm actually secretly super bad at Halloween. I always wait to the last minute. Um, but and I and the banana is one of my all time favorite costumes. That's one of my very favorites. But it is difficult to keep the top up. So I would love to reuse that, but I have to figure it out. So this year, I don't know what I'm doing yet. Um, I, I'm looking at a waffle costume, which I don't know. Maybe there's a theme food theme it's like a waffle on both sides um but uh i have a child a, a 13 year old daughter who's thinking about going with a group of friends as football players um uh, and a younger child she's 11 and she's talking about either lilo and stitch somehow or a carrier retro cartoon thing going yes uh, yeah and my husband i don't know the sumo wrestler is always a big hit but uh, we'll see. I love it. Uh, yeah, Heather says waffle, yes. Waffle, yes. And there's also like some good like witch costumes, which would be fun too, but a little less, a little more cliche, but would be fun too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. From, from six to 10, I think I demanded to be a witch every year. And my mom just like, okay, we'll get the costume out of the closet. You know where she is, like. What are you going to do this, this year? Ooh, this year? I don't know, because I'm thinking... All right. Kim is talking to me. Um, I thought about dressing my dog up as potentially... Speaking of Stranger Things, I was thinking of making her like a neck thing so she looks like a demigorgon. Like <gasps> oh. Her little thing. Um, she's statistically very good with costumes. She, she doesn't mind to dress up. But I also dress up like five times a week for Esther's Follies. And I'm like, do I just... My night off of costumes like do i just show girl mom my my dog do i just do that i wonder i don't know well it'll, it'll come to me I, I, I like again i used to love costumes and dressing up and now i'm like i do it all the time and i'm like a grump about it like some sort of weird anti i'm like i'm like the grinch of halloween or something what's it could be the grinch it could be the grinch i'm gonna come to you and esther follies by the way i haven't been in like 10 years you have to come. I would love to. And you just let me know. This goes for any listeners. If you want to come see the Follies, find me on Instagram. Message me. I'll give you a promo code. You can get a BOGO code for checkout. Hit me up. Uh, this is the last Kimberly question. Then we're going to do a couple of songs and come back and play a little serial killer game. Uh, but this is the last of Kim's questions, y'all. Here we go. It's a minute and six <laughs> minute, six seconds long. So buckle up, buttercups. So at ACL one year, you touched... Father John Misty. First of all, how did he feel? Was he soft? Was he like surprisingly scratchy, but like in kind of a like a pig way? Not like a bad pig. Let me backtrack. So pigs are awesome and they have very uh what is the brittle? Brittle? No. Um the Becky Joe, you help here? They're filming. Exactly. Uh, so they have that kind of hair, whatever Becky Jo said. Um, I want to know what, what his touch was. But then also, 
Oh, yeah. Do that one first. Now pause. Velvet. Father John Misty's hand felt like velvet. Velvet. I bet. I would, yeah, I would think he would be surprisingly scratchy, but I bet it like you pull back and it's just got this weird perfume and you're like, what? How strange. She smells like a hotel linen. All right, here's part really two. Long time. Um, so I want to know, ACL's coming up. What are some tips? I know the world's different, but uh, what, is, what is something that you would suggest? You know, what should we not miss? What should we do? What tacos are the best during ACL? That kind of stuff. Hmm. Anyone want to step in on this one? I will tell you what you shouldn't do during ACL. What you shouldn't do is let your friend get uh, anonymous drugs from some random gay gynecologist and then take them and then get trapped by the bathroom in a hand sanitizer circle for the next three hours. Don't do that. I did it. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't listen to your friend when they say it's fine. Don't listen to them. It's never going to be fun. You might accidentally get your eyes stuck in crosswise for about two hours because that's what happened to me. Was just stuck like this for two hours. Don't do it. That's my life hack. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't. <laughs> at ACL. Yeah, Spe- specifically not at ACL with 75,000 other people trying to watch Lizzo. You will not have a good time. Oh, is that what it was dur- during Lizzo? That was, that was a huge show. It was too many people. So many. I, ooh, I mean, I like to party, but good God, that was too, too many things, too many things. That's I couldn't my life get hack. close. I was so far up on the hill, like I couldn't even get like I was, yeah, I couldn't even get close. Oh no, I was stuck up against the wall by the porta potties, just like <sighs> no one can see me. I'm fine. Meanwhile, my work wife and I were probably on every the the only ten sober remaining people there, just like filming us. Like, what are these girls doing stuck to the wall? Like, what is the matter with them? I don't know. That's their deal. Well, this year it's gonna. I think this weekend, unfortunately, we might get to rain. Well, I mean, fortunately, because we need it, right. Yeah, but unfortunately, because, um, you know, ACL is happening. Um, I personally am really excited uh, about the Erica Badu yes. um, show that's going to happen. Uh, also, Duran Duran. Right. It's kind of hard not to get excited about Duran Duran. Yes. And I love Sir Woman, so I, I would, you know, I'm excited about that i don't know what else oh that's so on my black pumas is and then after that is um chet faker i love chet faker oh i do too i do too and i want i still want to cover one of his songs they're so low and i haven't figured out how to like i'm gonna need to like up my i'm gonna need to get like beats or something but um i i love him yeah, toss it an octave up and slap it in a minor, and it's just a creepy song. All of a sudden, you're just like, "Yes!" Yeah, like, I, and I'm excited to see how he does that live. Oh, I bet. Ooh, ooh. I know. I'm jealous of everyone getting to go to uh, ACL this weekend. Um, but that was uh, the last of Kim Stan mail segment. So we are going to hear a couple of more songs from Miss Emily Shirley. If you are having a good time, please go to Emily Shirley Five on Venmo with the music firsthand fist bump. And the service dog emoji, because uh, we like to keep it. Uh, we're not ableistic here. Represent your service dogs. If only, why isn't there, you know, we have national 
Daughter Day, National Sunday. Where's National Service Dog Day? That's the pictures on Facebook I'm looking forward to. Someone get on National Service Dog Day. Um, we're going to hear a couple more songs from Emily Shirley. When you come back, we're going to play a game. Uh, so here's a couple more songs. Enjoy, ladies and gents. All right. So this next song, I'm going to play a song called Over the Fence. Um, it is about first childhood friends or ones, our people's first childhood friend in the summertime. And um, I'll just let the song say the rest.
recording during the middle part, the la, um, I brought my girls into the studio and I had them sing that uh, little part for me, which meant more to me than it did to them. Um, they were, it was like three years ago. Um, they totally would not do that for me now. They're like too cool. Um, the next song I'm gonna play is called Survivors. Um, I'm gonna play this one because I am in the studio with this now. We're just finalizing and I'm gonna put it out in November. Uh, it's a song that a song about hope that was born out of the Texas freeze where we all nearly froze in our homes. Um, and I'm going to give it a shot here. It's called Survivors. Fingers turn black. 
Yay. Thank you so much, Emily, again, for joining us on our show. We really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be here for us. Uh, even when it's National Service Dog Month, I was joking about there being a day. It's National Service Dog Month. The whole month? Is there a day? The whole month. They get a whole month. Bless their little souls. They work so hard. Oh, you know, it's uh, I saw this documentary um i don't think it's uh i want to say it's this one documentary but i'm i definitely think i'm wrong but it was like a three-part series on dogs specifically their relationship in america and like to people and one of them was the service dog chunk and this little girl uh she has a muscular condition that she can't really walk or stay upright and so she needs a service animal and it's like a whole it follows them like a year for them trying to get their dog placed and then they finally get the dog placed and they get to go to the center to learn to train with the dog and bond with it and the whole family goes and the little sister who has been sort of living unfortunately in like the shadows of her older sister's disability she's like oh we're getting a dog we're getting a dog and they get to the center and the first thing the instructor says is like this is not a family dog this dog belongs to the person with the disability and the little girl is just like damn it i wanted a dog it was the saddest oh god it's such a uh, as soon as i remember it i will make chris put it in the comments because it's a great documentary but oh my god was that oh you want to come back up mercy's like we're talking about dogs i will be here for this okay hopefully that little girl got a dog around how do we do we can't talk about dogs there's not a dog around to be the dog representative you're right murph okay she's such an awkward dog okay uh we are going to do a true crime quiz. Uh, Kim mentioned it. What, Chris? Oh, Chris woot woot scared me. I thought we were in trouble. Okay. Thought it was like a woo woo. The cops are here. Like where? Um, somebody's paranoid. Uh, it me. Uh, I. <laughs> what if what if Mercy was an undercover cop? And this whole time, Mercy just whips out a badge. Like, ma'am. I need to see your ID. Okay. Um, obviously, Kim brought it up earlier. You wrote a song based on the experience of the mother of Stephen Avery in the epic Netflix true crime docuseries, Making a Murderer. Right. If y'all haven't seen it, I don't know where you've been. It's been on since like 2016. Get with the program. It's a fantastic docuseries. Uh, there are many a follow-up. They've The same production company also did the Robert Durst stuff. Like, great, great a true crime documentative shit going on on Netflix. So head on over there. But I thought I would ask you about some of the most notable uh, true crime events in history. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I'm going to give you like, you know, if I said clown killer, we would automatically uh, go to John Wayne Gacy, one of the most prolific creeps in the history of america mercy please yeah, i wouldn't have gotten that see i'm bad at trivia i'm sorry <laughs> that's okay we will uh, we will get there um in all honesty now that kim's not here we know for a fact that you won't get all of them right because she does not leave the computer so we know we know we will at least mercy for the podcast listeners just go to youtube and look how nosy my dog is being right now she is all of in my face okay uh who this is a woman uh, she was born in July uh, of 1860. Sounds like it's going to be a deep cut, but I'm hoping that, and you can ask me questions. I'll try to answer to the best of my knowledge. Um, 
is this for audience answering or for me answering for you and there's no winner so it because kim's not here you automatically win so all right i like that there's no uh no real weight to this bet. Um, this murderous, uh, alleged murderess was born in July of 1860. Uh, she was tried in court for the murder of her stepmom and her father. She was acquitted, uh, but no other person has since been accused. And she is uh, the she will she died being known as the accused killer of her stepmother and her father. Uh, she stabbed them allegedly. Uh, and it is one of the most uh, famous. It's one of the first women serial killers in America. And it even inspired a uh, children's uh, song like a, a, a I want to say like a goose tail, but it's not. It's like, it's like a little kid's song. Not a children's book. It didn't inspire a book, but it inspired a song. No. No multiple choice. I bet Heather will get this. Heather, are you still with us? She knows. Uh, I'm trying to think of the term. Like, it's like, it, yeah, it's like, it's like a, you know, like um, a, 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 a pocket full of posies. Like, it's like a children's song. Like a. Are we looking for the answer for the, for the name of the children's song or the name of the woman? The name of the woman. The name of the woman who allegedly stabbed her father and her mother, her stepmother, a bunch of times. Uh, give me uh, more clues. Chris is looking at the top 10. Yeah, yeah, like a nursery rhyme. Heather's right. Yeah, it's like a nursery rhyme. It inspired a nursery rhyme. Um, Old Mother Hubbard. I will say that the number, the numbers 40 and 41 have significant meaning. Significant meaning to what? To her name or to? Uh, to the children's nursery rhyme. It's in the nursery rhyme. It's also a, like the component of the murder. 40 and 41, 1860. The only people we know she killed or that she was accused of killing were her step. Stepmother and her father. Also, I believe Christina Ricci played her in a movie. Let me double that it's Christina Ricci. Do, do, do. Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She played, uh, Christina Ricci played her in a movie in 2014. Can I Google Christina Ricci? <laughs> um, yeah, need more, need more, need more. Um, she used an axe. An ass? An axe. Oh, oh. Okay, well that... Chris thinks he found it. Nursery rhyme. I mean, I have no idea. Um, I can't think of a nursery rhyme even. All I can think of is Old Mother Hubbard. <laughs> and I right. not it. Her name is Lizzie Borden. Oh! And uh, the nursery rhyme is Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her uh, father 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her mother 41. Like Lizzie Borden is one of the she's like the Christina Ricci movie, I believe, plays her out to because there was a theory that the stepmother was incredibly abusive. Um, 
and that the father, either the father or the stepmother was incredibly abusive. And one of them was like, you know, a, a compliant in that and that she brought it up several times. And she was also living there with her younger sister at the time. Her younger sister was like never up for debate on whether or not this happened. So that was a whole scandal. They were like, why? Why did that never happen? That's all I remember. But uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, she was acquitted. So like no one was ever charged for this murder and the the technically the murders are still open, but they never actually charged anyone else. Hmm. Yeah, they charged Lizzie. She was acquitted. They never went back to it. I think there's also like discussion on whether because there are certain aspects of the case that were closed indefinitely and like never to be reopened. So there's a possibility that the proof of abuse was placed and because her father was like high. There's a whole bunch of bureaucratic bullshit in that one. But uh, this one's fun. Uh, I the movie. I know the the movie is called Lizzie Borden took an axe. Uh, 2014. Like, look, look at look at Miss Little Christina Ricci. She's so cute. Oh, hard and tempered posted. They know the answer. Of course, of course. Wait, did yeah? Um, okay, this one's fun. Uh, a pregnant wife goes missing in 2002. Uh, husband, they found out the husband was having an affair. They're from San Francisco. Uh, they found her body in the San Francisco Bay. And on November 12th, 2004, he was put on death row in San Quentin. Oh, I know. I just watched the documentary about, um, I wish I could remember... I wish I could remember their name. The the guy who who killed his wife and two daughters. Oh yeah! Oh my God, that one's so good. The one and, and they and there's home surveillance. There's home surveillance footage when they're like at home realizing they're being filmed while they're talking about it. Is that the one you're talking about? Um, he the little girls turned up in the water tanks. Or yep. the, the yeah. <laughs> that what was that? What was just just. What was the name of what was her name? See, that's hold on. I will find that oh, out. Oh, you don't I, I didn't mean to derail your no. Uh no, there, there's like uh because there's a certain terminology for like it's called a family annihilator. Well, uh, he would qualify, I imagine, as a, a family annihilator because he was also having an affair, they learned later. Yes. And like the because they found out once that his charge went full, like the girlfriend was like, hello, that's my boyfriend. What the oh, God, those are the worst. It's almost like you sad sack of shit. How did you not know? Yeah. It was like know. He, suddenly he got like real fit. And like that's when things got weird because he realized he could get this girlfriend. And so he started having this affair. And anyway. Um, oh, yeah, it's it's American murder. Oh, Chris Watts. That's the one we're talking about, Chris Watts? Yeah, Chris Watts is the guy we're talking about. The guy, the guy, the, the one in question is uh, Scott Peterson, and he killed his wife, Lacey oh. Peterson. Scott and Lady Peter, Lacey Peterson were, like, high profile in the early 2000s because they were, like, a really beautiful, like, young white couple. She was one could find her. They end up finding her body in the San Francisco Bay, and her husband's like, I don't know what happened. Turns out he was having an affair, obviously. Instead of just divorcing his wife, he thought the easy way out was killing her you know just normal things white men think they can get away with because we let white men get away with a lot um this one's fun is there a movie about that one 
Johnny Depp. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a Scott and Lacey Peterson movie. Yeah, Chris, see if you can find a Scott and Lacey Peterson movie. I'm sure there's. Exactly. Like, follow. It's Ben Affleck. It's gotta be Ben Affleck. To be honest, can't be wrong. Um, this one's interesting because it is the uh, sort of this this disappearance slash murder is credited with being the reason that helicopter parenting became a thing in the eight, late eighties. Um, a six year old goes missing at a mall in 1981 um, and a Florida man in prison, they, they, they go on this wild goose chase. They cannot, basically this kid is standing at a mall kiosk where they're playing a video game and his mom leaves him there with a bunch of other kids to watch this other kid play video games while she runs into a store and she comes back out and he's gone and nobody knows where he is. Some people say they saw him leave with a man. Some people saw they saw, saw him getting in a van. Some of the people, you know, they all thought they saw something, but no leads led to nothing. They find uh, like they found the kid's head in the water nearby. Uh, they said he was dead, but they, they never actually had any full blown leads to catch who did it. And until a man in prison in like the 90s confesses to the murder, um, but it ends up they never actually tried him for it because he was already in jail for a life. Um, and then it isn't until like 20 years after the fact that DNA confirms that this man actually did do it and they closed the case. But uh, he is like the first high profile child disappearance in the 80s that led to like a violent outcome where people were like, you can't just leave your kids at the mall. You can't just let your kid hang See, out at the mall. The only guess I have is, is it John Walsh? Is it, who's, who's the guy who started America's Most Wanted? I'll give it to you. It's Adam Walsh. That's his son. Adam, Adam Walsh. It's his son. That was my, that was my go-to clicker clue. It's he's, he's a relative. Yes. That's his son. And he started America's Most, yeah, or not. Yeah. He started a TV show where basically they find missing children and like since they started it they found hundreds of missing kids so his, the, the dad's name the child's name is adam walsh yes the child is adam walsh uh adam walsh Boop. what's your dad's name john john walsh john walsh so um that would that would have been my only guess um i watched that show and this makes me think of um unsolved mysteries yes so they did a, so that so when did that first come out in the 80s uh i would think unsolved miss yeah unsolved mysteries had to be let's see unsolved mysteries started in oh my god there's 15 seasons 593 episodes um oh uh they originated in 1987 87 so i watched a lot of those growing up and they just rebooted it on netflix um and there's been two seasons so far and there's they're so good they're so they're good. so good yeah Oof. so there's there's that netflix recommendation if you need one um yeah that the first story with the woman's husband who was like found in the hotel like there's no way he could jump oh my god that's a good one that's oops his like shoe is found upstairs but he's found underneath and like oh the, the guy who goes through the roof they think he might he, they think he jumped off the roof and there's a hole in the roof but there's no they, they yeah. never found the body or figured out why like his flip-flop was there yeah his flip-flops on the on the top of the building and there's a hole but it's not a body-sized hole and his suit isn't covered in ceiling fragment like he would be covered in oh man that's a good one who that poor woman that was like their like third week of marriage or something can you imagine oh 
God. This is ridiculous. Okay, so I have one more death and then two rapid fire ones that are not really. This last one, I think, is arguably one of the the easiest if you think about it. Uh, uh, On January 15th in 1947. So where it's a deep cut, a little bit farther, not as far back as Lizzie Borden, but uh, a woman is walking uh, with her baby in a bassinet and discovers what she thought was a mannequin. Um, The body is drained of blood and cut from ear to ear on the cheek. Uh, She's also missing some limbs. And it's continued unsolved, like no one knows who the hell did this. Some the 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 um, coroner suspect it was somebody in the medical field because the cuts were uh, surgical in. Uh, I don't so, know. So if it's continued on, if it's if it's still not solved, what are we looking for? The name of what? The name the name of the uh, the profiled serial. They gave the serial killer a name. Oh, because it happened a couple of times, but this was like the. I don't think actually maybe it didn't happen more than once. Now that I'm thinking about it, it might've just been one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is this it's the so that everyone's talking about that everyone's paid attention to except for me so far? Oh yeah. It, it's a one woman. Her name was Elizabeth short, but she is also called the what? Oh. Oh, you know, they know. Oh, where can I see that? Tell, tell them that I'm the winner. Um, I will say this is, uh, are you an American horror story fan by any means? Um, well, I haven't watched those. That's fair. Cause in, um, in the murder house season, it's either Mira Servino or Mina Savari. I always mix them up. It's one of them. She plays this character and her, she's called the black Dahlia. It's the Black Dahlia murder. Oh, there's a movie. Isn't Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, that makes sense. I, she looks, I mean, this woman is stunned. She was supposed to be like a movie, like she wanted to be a movie star. And she's a very beautiful young lady. And like something terrible happened to her. And they all think it was like some insane doctor or whatever. But um, the next two rapid fire questions. Can you t- tell me the relation of the Hillside Stranglers? The Hillside Stranglers uh, turned, they thought it was one person. They thought it was a Hillside Strangler. Turns out it was two of them. And uh, they have a particular relation. Do you know what that relation is? They could be siblings. Um, they could be uh, 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 cousins, work friends, uh, you know, Boy Scout troop members, uh, married do you know what relation the hillside stranglers had to one another i'm gonna go for cousins ding 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 they were cousins yeah angelo and kenneth were cousins uh it was discovered that they were uh, tag teaming and killing lots of people and doing terrible things um the do you know who the plain field ghoul is no (laughs) no uh, the Plainfield Ghoul is Mr. Ed Gein, the sadistic and terrifying cannibalistic psychopath. When they raided his place, they found so many body parts. They were like, we need to keep him alive so we can get some answers. That is how his scary. Oh, Ed Gein was, I want to say, 80s. Yeah, but I don't think he got tried until like. Oh yeah, he died. He yeah, he was executed in eighty four. 
Yeah, he's called the grandfather of gore, the ghoul of Plainfield, the Plainfield butcher, and the Plainfield ghoul. Because I'm just telling you, Wisconsin breeds cheese and serial killers. We know these things to be true. A lot of serial killers are from Wisconsin. Like, well, Avery is in Wisconsin, right? I'm not saying serial killer. That just happens to be where where they are. It just happens to be where they're at. Just so you know, they're all serial killers. Don't go on tour in Wisconsin. Um, so that was our serial killer game. Thank you so much, Emily, for playing. <laughs> that was wildly fun. Um, we're going to hear one more song um, from Emily on the live feed. After that, we're going to cut the live stream and do two more questions and one more song in a private Patreon exclusive. If you're having fun, go to Venmo and tip Emily. Use the fist bump and the service dog emoji. It's National Service Dog Month. Respect your service dogs. Tip them. Tip them for their service. Um, it sounds like I'm making fun of them. I'm going to cry every time I see a good service dog. They make me so happy. Um, so please enjoy this last song by Emily. Uh, if you want to hear more, you're going to have to go to CIMP.live to see more. We've got hundreds of episodes, hundreds of exclusives. Tune on over. Uh, we'll be waiting for you. Uh, tell your friends. Here's one more song from Emily Shirley. Enjoy. Thank you guys so much. I'm gonna, this last song is called High Road. Uh, it's a song I wrote during a pandemic when lots of toxic stuff was happening online and in the world and in politics and everything. Um, and it's just a public service announcement to myself and anyone who wants to listen um, that it is an option to take the high road. So here we go.
guys for listening. Thank you, comedians, interviewing musicians and music firsthand for having me. This has been so fun. Have a good one. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Emily, for being a part of our show. And we can't wait to see you in real life. And where can people support you? Where Tell people your website, how they can buy your stuff, how they can, uh, when they can see you next. I know you don't have, uh, you said you don't have a lot of solo stuff coming up, but or you do, or you have bands. Where can people see you? Okay, emilyshirley.com, S-H-I-R-L-E-Y.com uh, for any upcoming solo stuff. I just had a bunch of stuff in September. Um, I think I have like an airport gig coming up in October for myself and then something in November. Uh, at the moment, hopefully that increases. So if you book stuff and you're listening, hit me. Um, I also play with uh, the Bell Sounds in Austin and uh, you can find me around town playing with them, as well as Sister Golden Hair um, with Barbara Nesbitt and Wendy Colonna. Uh, we're gonna be live streaming, I think on October 12th, and I believe that's at eight o'clock. And then um, we've got some other stuff coming up. Um, did I answer your question? You can find me on Instagram, um, the real underscore Emily Shirley. Uh, I love taking pictures, so there's like, 5,000 things to look at there. Um, and yeah, thank Hell you. Yeah. Well, please uh, head on over to Venmo or PayPal to tip Emily and use the fist bump and the service dog emoji so that she knows you listened to this episode. We'd like to say thank you to our uh, patrons and sponsors yet again. We love you. We mean it. We can't wait to keep contributing more bonus content to you. So stay uh, tuned for that at CIMP.live. If you'd like to join that, CIMP.live. Thanks to Facebook and our live streamers for our listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. We appreciate y'all. Bye. Okay. Head over to CIMP.live and get your bonus videos, photos, merch, and more. And remember, give the podcast a five-star rating. Every rating helps these artists get discovered by new fans. Find all the full videos and past podcasts at musicfirsthand.live. Thanks for listening. See you next time.